Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era podcast, Mystery Bono Episode Fantavaganza Special Edition. There you go, there's a title. I felt so bad doing this, doing the old, oh, the really the whole mystery episode routine. You're, gonna... You're really going to do that to our fans? And you also, you should feel bad for making me do this, <laughs> and by that I mean making me watch this show. Well, yeah, I mean... I just really wanted to post a picture on Facebook with a giant attitude area question mark in scratch font. <laughs> that this is a means to an end, That's really. That's the whole reason for this episode. Yeah, it's not really mystery much anymore because they probably clicked on the episode and they You've know. seen the title by now, yeah. You've seen the amazing artwork from Fizz vs. the World. It's Heroes of Wrestling! Uh... I was going to say Heroes of Wrestling 1999. Like, there's loads oh, of Oh, yeah, because there's tons <laughs> of these things. Like, Rage Party 1999. <laughs> but yes, we have went out and we've decided to sit back and watch one of arguably the worst First wrestling pay-per-views of all time. Hello everyone, once again, I'm Kevin Mann, joined in this special Bono episode by Mr. Adam Bibolo. Hello, Adam. Hello there, Kevin. Are you looking forward to talking about Heroes of Wrestling? Nah. 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 I felt the need to show you something like this and quite poor, critically. Because obviously recently all you've been doing is watching, uh, well you know I've been watching Game of Thrones, haven't We've been watching Game of Thrones and unfortunately, I mean, this isn't really a bad thing, but in the podcast we've reached a year now where things are really, really great. So Yeah, they're really, oh yeah, that as well, obviously. Rather than just letting us enjoy great show after great show after great show, Kevin deemed it necessary to, you know, you've got to have a little bit of a salt and pepper on that podcast. Exactly, I didn't want anyone getting too happy like or too too complacent, but uh, yeah. here, what is your, uh, did you like the fact that I keep rooting Game of Thrones by uh, doing analogies to to wrestling territories. Yeah, every house is a different territory. Every house is a territory in the in the eighties at the end of your way. A game of thrones. A game of thrones. Actually, I I can't believe that I. The amount of times you had to get me to start watching Game of Thrones, you didn't tell me there's a character called Clegane in it. Clegane. I'll have your head for this Clegane. Beating women's the sweet stingerys. <laughs> Ah, but there's plenty of women in the figure four. I put a few there myself. For fuck's sake. Well, no, I think the territories thing works. Cause, well, I say Elaborate, come on, let's let's hear some examples. Well, like, how stark, that's like stampede wrestling. Well, because they're so honourable and purist. And it's and... really cold. Like. <laughs> oh, right, literally, that's what you're going on here. Yeah, yeah basically. Temperature. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Ned Stark kind of has a stew quality to him. I've already developed it from there. We should probably start beating around the bush. You're going to have to fucking review this thing. I was going to say, yeah, cl- sorry if you don't watch Game of Thrones. We're just clearly putting off the fact that we've got to talk about heroes of wrestling for the next hour or so. The year is 1999. Wrestling is kind of popular. It's late 1999. ECW is a television. WCW is still going strong, relatively. WWF is burning down the house. Every household in America can watch, like, I don't know, nearly six hours of original wrestling. That's true. Every week. It's amazing. So who wouldn't want to capitalize on the success of this and run a pay-per-view, right? I mean, wrestling promotions have been started on less, right? Makes sense to me, yeah. And with very modest expectations... 40,000 buys was what they were hoping for to break even and do a couple more of these. Mr. Stone decided that he was going to get all the stars of the... I was going to say, all the stars of the 80s, but all the stars of the 80s are already in WCW. Yeah, they're busy, mate. So he decided to get all the stars on the WWF blacklist. (laughs) People that can't get work elsewhere. Or whoever's to hand, or like whoever's, I don't know... Be- Working that weekend. Between fucking stints in the Betty Ford Centre. Oh, Jesus And cobbled Christ. together this two and a half hour abortion of a pay-per-view. Yep. Live from Lewis, Missouri and Casino Magic. Casino Magic. 
Magic. Heroes of Wrestling! Legendary grudge matches settled once and for all, only on pay-per-view. Heroes of Wrestling! Two-time WWF champion, the former Yokozuna. Joyce the Animal Steel. Jim the Anvil Nighthawk. King Kong Bundy. Jake the Snake Roberts. Captain Lou Albano. Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Luke and Butch. Formerly the Bushwhackers. Nikolai Monikov. So many more. A one-time only mega event. Heroes of Wrestling. Live from Casino Magic Sunday, October 10th, only on pay-per-view. Now, this is tough now. I gotta mention, when I put this in, like, I had all week to watch this, and I left it to the last possible moment. Yeah. Even though I had to, like, read loads of stuff about the show and get the background info and all that, I still left it, because I just didn't want to... I'll be the, I'll be honest, I was the same. I only watched it last night, and don't get me wrong, I had the time to watch it earlier in the week. Oh yeah, me too. So like, oh, you know, I could play Mario Kart now, or I could watch a really depressing show. I sat there looking at the, the blank screen for like 60 minutes, <laughs> just like checking emails, <laughs> retweeting everyone, like, just trying to get Gotta involved, do it sooner or later, Kevin. keep busy, like, um, so yeah. On the cold open on the VHS rip we found in the car boot sale. <laughs> Is uh, two fat lads disagreeing? More on that later. <laughs> what a fucking tremendous start that it's, uh, is. It's up there with WCW Bash at the Beach. Yeah, um, the ninjas, the attacking, ninjas the attacking. We start off with a nice little kind of promo for it. Not bad, the uh, the ad for it, I think this was at the very start of this. The, uh, yeah, all things considered, you know, the production values could have been a lot worse. They had all the TVs lined up with, like, footage of all people. And, yeah. You know, the word, the former, was used quite a lot. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Like, uh, also, as well, at the end of it, something that really piqued my interest, the host for this was meant to be Gordon Soley. Really? Uh, Gordon Soley, who, of course, was, uh, you know, uh, an answer in the original NWA, who's... Considered by many to be like just the, the grandfather of modern wrestling announcing. Like Jim Ross considers him to be the greatest mm. of all time. And yeah, he was meant to be hosting this. What happened now then? He's not hosting this. <laughs> what, he just he woke up and realised it was a bad idea or something? He looked at his calendar and thought, you know yeah. what? This is a me day. <laughs> and poured himself a nice big vodka. Yeah, we also as well very awkwardly on this just get like... We, I'd say we mentioned this on our WrestleMania 15 episode. Grilla Monsoon passed at the end of 1999. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, he's a legendary figure and mm. very synonymous with WWE. I thought we did an okay job of just kind of tipping our captain or whatever. Yeah. This here, literally, boom. Oh, there's Gorilla Monsoon in memory, oh, and then it goes. He died, by the way. Just don't... Newsflash. Well, it's like it was subliminal messaging to yeah, get you to subconsciously really mourn Gorilla Monsoon. Oh, so sad. Anyway, coming up next... <laughs> So yeah, uh, we get like the actual proper intro package for this, and you can tell they're trying to, it's a theme tonight, trying to emulate what you see on TV. So even though the budget for this is probably like, Jesus, maybe 10 grand. Scraps. You've got them trying to do the classy Freddy Blassie yeah. intro, and here it is. The Mississippi Gulf Coast, 30 years ago, was nearly blown off the map by Hurricane Camille. Since then, the Mississippi Gulf Coast has become one of America's premier resort destinations. And in just a short time, live from the jam-packed Casino Magic, a fury that could match that of Hurricane Camille just may erupt once again. For tonight, live, the mega event wrestling fans have been waiting for finally arrives. Legendary grudge matches will finally be settled in the Heroes of Wrestling. A fury that may match Hurricane Camille. <laughs> It's like uh, the video for like the Globex Corporation thing in the Simpsons. <laughs> you know, there's the loads of people yeah. just like walking around looking at lakes and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, I love how bored the announcer like got as it went. 
Hello? Oh yeah, you, you can't really blame him though, can you? Yeah. And clearly that was the only take they did as well. They just clearly did not try more than one. Your venue tonight is the Casino Magic, or as I have dubbed it, Casino Zone. <laughs> casino Zone. I was hoping all the wrestlers would come out in giant dice and little wheels or something. <laughs> or that, you know, someone would use craps as a weapon. But Casino Magic. Casino Magic. It just sounds cheap, doesn't it? Hey, if you want to get a better steak and glass of Merlot in a semi-legalized gambling atmosphere in southern Missouri, you're shit out of luck, pal. Now, I'm just saying, Kevin, if I say to you, like, hey, Kev, do you fancy going this weekend to go watch wrestling at Casino? magic, you'll probably think like, ugh, sounds like a bit of a dive. I'm good, thanks. But if I come up to you and go, hey, Kevin, this weekend, do you want to come with me to go and see wrestling at the Magic Casino? You'd be like, oh, hell yeah. Sorry. It's like, is this actually meant to be like, is this like a Wizard's Castle type deal or is this like an actual casino? I can't tell. Well, you think it might be like past times or something? Well, I thought the people came here expecting illusions or something. <laughs> magic wrestling. Fucking hell. That pyro to start us off. Half the budget goes. That, that's it, yeah. Just pissing money away there. Fair fucks them, though. They sold out Casino Magic. They Well, how big is Casino Magic? Because it's, it's lit very poorly, so you can't tell. Okay, shoot attendance, I say, is like 2,000. Oh. But at the start of it, the announcers say it's a it's to capacity. Not a seller. They say it's to capacity, which they then say is... 2,500 uh, and then later in the night just randomly Randy Rosenberg the announcer just goes 3,000 here <laughs> with all these any breathing like what's going on well no, there's 500 people in the crew obviously right, you so. can't count all the flies and like insects <laughs> as members of the audience your host though not Gordon Sully it is the aforementioned Randy Rosenberg mm. who comes from the deer in the headlights school of the announcing yeah holy fuck he makes Michael Cole look like Gene Oakland he makes Mike Adamy look like Jim Ross if Adam Lee sat down beside this guy he'd be like don't worry kid if you get tired grab a hold we'll get through this like you know I mean this guy is fucking awful he's the drizzling shits is he just green or is he just bad I don't think he's ever seen wrestling before do you not think like actually like he doesn't even know what he it is he genuinely doesn't know what wrestling he's is he's like why are these boxers not got gloves on <laughs> Where's where's the net? This is the worst badminton I've ever seen. It's <laughs> a solid theory. But your other host, an alleged color commentator, Dirty Dutch Mantel, aka Zeb Coulter. Wow, was yes. not expecting him here. Yes, I fucking love. Dutch Mantel. A true hero of wrestling, if you will. Honestly, he's the only guy on the card tonight who could legitimately claim that. Yeah, I'd say so. Because, like, I was a big fan of him, you know, before he was with WWE. You know, he did some really interesting um, guest bookers with. Uh, kayfabe commentaries mm. he like rebooked some TNA stuff it was fucking awesome and then he gets signed to WWE and I think Zeb Coulter is one of the most entertaining things one of the I've best characters they've had in ages Yeah, like I could watch three hours of Raw if it was just Zeb Coulter and Paul Heyman promos yeah they've made managers cool again so him on colour yeah, that was a nice surprise. Then, you know, every cloud has a, a little silver lining, I guess. I prefer him to Jerry fucking Lawler. That's like, true enough. You know? Yeah. So we run down the card, which is the definition of subject to change. Yeah. Get a nice little couple of quick comments on some of the players here tonight. Like Julio Fantastico, who says that he is to wrestling what Michael Jordan is to basketball. He says that a good five times. Well, no, he never says it. People say it for him. Well, no, I mean, Rosenberg says that a good four or five times. That's one of his stock lines. Yeah, he's just running out of things he's to say. He's got that right in the pocket line. Yeah, I got this sewn up, mate. Look at King Kong Bundy there. Yeah, uh, Julio had Fantastico, though. <laughs> he is to wrestling what Michael Jordan is. I make this shit look easy. Right, just to be clear, Julio Fantastico, a.k.a. Julio De Niro, who had a cup of coffee in the low time in fucking TNA back in the day, is not what Michael Jordan is to basketball what he is to wrestling. Well, the thing is, I've heard of Michael Jordan. 
I've never heard of this man. Julio De Niro is to wrestling what Tim the Toolman Taylor is to basketball. <laughs> I.e. not much irrelevant. Action. Not much action there at all. Like dem matchup photos. Oh man, seriously. I mean, I, we'll say now this is a shitty quality. All we can find is a shit quality VHS rip. So it's like mayhem in Manchester. No, style you're quality. playing that it was released commercially. This is someone like recording it off pay-per-view illegally. <laughs> well, there you go. That's the only quality we can find. But even so, you can still tell these photos. These are fucking generic as hell. Like, I thought they could have spiced things up by using the many mug shots that would have been available. For the I think almost everyone's got one on the card. Yeah. A couple, like, you fucking know. Hell. Fuck me. Um, the Butcher. He's a human bloodbath. Jesus. He's like a damn video game. He's so <laughs> A stacked card. The main event is who's the biggest. It's got to be King Kong Bundy taking on Yokozuna. Oh boy, that'll be a 10 out of 10 match. Yokozuna, who at this moment of time weighs, guess, guess how much. From the size of him. The girth. Going off of what you said about... How, how big was Big Pun? I think Big Pun was like 700, yeah. just under 700. Seven, 700 or, I'm yeah, going to go with about 650. All right, he was 760 pounds here. 760! Jesus! Yeah, Jesus! We'll have like, more seriously. On, we'll have more on Yoko's way later. We'll have a medical update on Yoko's email later. But yeah, on. Randy Rosenberg. If you want to know who's the biggest, I suggest you fucking weigh him. Like Jesus. But like Yoko is clearly the biggest. Yeah, clearly. We start off with the uh, bit of fucking sass and attitude from the ring announcer. Welcome to Casino Magic, Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, where tonight legendary grudge matches will be settled once and for all. So throw down your toys and get out of the sandbox. Playtime's over because tonight somebody's gonna get their ass whooped tonight in here. He's fucking, he's not Howard Finger this time. He's like, hey, time to put the toys back in the basket. <laughs> fucking getting himself over here. Not in my territory, brother. Mr. Personality. Yeah, he's trying to get himself over as like the new Michael Buffer or something. He's not quite as bad as the fucking, do you remember the announcer from Wrestling Society X on the MTV network? Fat lad in a, a shirt with like all six buttons do, like wide open. Here to play tonight, Papa fucking Roach! It's Wrestling Society! <laughs> just runs around the ring like four times. God, I think we're getting a lot so, of our shitty wrestling fears out of this. Yeah, this, uh, this guy could be worse. Graphics error to start us off. Tommy Rogers is shown, even though it is the Samoan SWAT team. Oh, well, that's the first of many errors, trust me. Samoan SWAT team with their added weight and a random manager, which is a recurring theme tonight. <laughs> As in just like, ah, any old fucker can manage. You, come here. You can be a manager. Okay, Wear this hat. I'm not giving you back your lawnmower this week, Johnny, but here. Here's, here's, a, here's a white beach towel and a pair of slacks. Go, go manage the Samoan SWAT team. Who is this fucking guy? Paul Adams, he's called. Is that his name? I didn't even catch any of the managers' names tonight. The definition of, like, knows the promoter. Yeah, exactly. Who is this man? Why do, and he's only, Why do we care? I'm sorry, but Samoan SWAT team, why have they got a guy who looks like a caddy coming out? With why do they have a manager? <laughs> I don't know. And also, yeah, fucking Marty Jannetty and Tommy Rogers as their opponents in this opening tag match. Fucking team reliability. As I also refer to them, team trailer park boys, because obviously Tommy Rogers is sexy like Julian, and Marty Jannetty sleeps in a car like Ricky. <laughs> Sorry, slept, but you know. Jeez. <laughs> that promo from fucking, uh, from Paul Adams. Samoan's team looks very you well know, ready, known as SSG. When I was approached about being part of the Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view, I had to think to myself, Self, what do you want to do to announce 
your presence nationwide with authority. So I said to myself, Self, why don't you go directly to the top of the food chain, the SST, go to Biloxi, Mississippi for the Heroes of Wrestling. I said to myself, Self? Selfie.com slash A Fuck's sake. But uh, it goes on for like ten minutes. And also as well, Paul Adams, your tie goes past your cock, like learn. Yeah, no, seriously. Dress yourself properly. He's gone to the John Cena tie tying school oh, right Jesus there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's no Tennessee Lee, like. Um, this feels like such a house show right off the bat though, with these massive promos right before the match. Big promos and stall tactics. Yeah, exactly. The crowd though are fucking into it. Yeah, to start off with. Just by just making noise, like, non-stop. There's a sustained hum from this crowd, like... Like, like an ambient noise. Kind of, just, uh, like a like, video game crowd. Yeah, like like yeah. an attitude. Yeah. Now one then would... Now then someone would shout, Player Wood sucks! <laughs> Zeb asked Randy on commentary to just call the action and stop giving his opinions. <laughs> one match in! Literally! One match He's in. like, he's like very forcefully, like, breaks character. And he's just like, look, you call the action and I'll give the opinions because I'm the colour and That's I That's how this works. I literally throughout the night Zeb goes from I'm dirty Dutch I'm gonna give my opinion there's gold in them hills he goes from that to be like sad headlock take over there yeah <laughs> he someone's just, gotta do it he just becomes colour and play by play and one at the same time yeah house show work right here in this match yeah uh, what does the Simone SWAT team looks like Mongo oh actually yeah I can yeah. see that and like it's, it's kind of like there's so few actual spots it's mostly just you know, wandering around, stalling and whatnot. Yeah. But you do get flashes of depressing brilliance from Marty Jannetty when when Marty's in the old quick arm drags. The yeah. small ones get gassed quick, like. But uh, little glimpses of actual talent in there, though. Definitely. Now Marty could still go at this point, but uh, you know, personal demons will get you, I suppose. Tried to catch a glimpse of his ankles at this in this match. Yeah, he's fine in yeah, this. Yeah, like, looks totally a okay to me. Tommy Rogers gets the hot tag. Uh, Tommy Rogers' main offense in this match is miscommunication. <laughs> That'll get him. That'll get you. I'm going to hit you and then stop, look at you, and then hit you again. Like, <laughs> faces work heels as the heels are completely gassed, so there's no heat in the match. Uh, Simone SWAT team keep getting outside to strategize. Yeah, which always I mean, having a uh, chat. Having a chat, catching their breath. Yeah, like. sucking wind. Sucking wind, big time. Uh, fucking, they use a chair. Fatou just hits a guy. It just grinds to a fucking halt. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Uh, he just hits him with a chair, but there's like no DQ. Never yeah, mind, I don't know. We get the hot tie to Tommy Rogers, though. Yeah. And uh, he uses a variety of kicks and miscommunications. <laughs> he just comes in, like, hits one of them by mistake. Then he walks right into Marty. He has to kind of like, oh, sorry there. <laughs> Mind out, brother. Oh, Jesus. What if Simone gets the TKO? Simone SWAT team win. Just finish out of nowhere. That's Awful. A, well, I'd, I'll say now, that's a recurring theme tonight. It'd just be like, you'll be having a match, and then it'll end. And that just happens in every match. Yeah. They just end. The series may have a Manchester vibe to this. Oh, man, yeah. Paul Adams, not a factor in this one either. But, um, yeah, we never... Um, At least he was there. I think he might be the worst manager we've come across. <laughs> In this pay-per-view, at least, yeah. Well, let's, yeah. Let's see how far we get. We cut to a pre-tape with Sherry Martell, my fucking one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, I was surprised to see her. Here. I love Sensational Sherry. With another one of my favorites, George the Animal Steel, implying a relationship, and by implying, I mean they undress in front of the camera. Yeah. But I love Sherry so much. She promos so good. Even here, she still puts on a decent promo. Like you know, you just can't make Sherry do a bad a bad promo. I don't think she's like the only person. 
in like this entire show who looks like a star. Yeah, and she actually looks like who she's meant to be as well. Yeah, she, she looks, looks like, like Sherry. Sherry. Yeah. yeah. But yes, our next match, Greg the Hammer Valentine taking on George the Animal Steel. Or as I've christened him this one, sorry, Greg's the Hammer Valentine. Greg's the Hammer Valentine. Yes, he's been at the fucking pasties, man. <laughs> fucking chicken and mushroom slice here. <laughs> Fuck me, man. No music for Greg. Yeah, silence. He fucking waddles, crickets. Just waddles out like a troll. <laughs> like, he demands a standing ovation and it becomes apparent. It's like heel versus heel, I guess. Cause yeah. Uh, who are we cheering for here? I don't know. He wants Sherry if he wins. I hate this in wrestling when like, women are prizes. Who's going to win the ownership of Sherry Martel? You can't actually do that. Like, Apparently you can. Sherry comes out with George the Animal. Animal's covered in her glitter. Straight away, um, Rosenberg just says, uh, of course, George Steele's the one with the hairy back there and the green tongue. Is the best way of identifying them. It's like he looked, read the first line from Wikipedia. Literally, just he's looking at a quick bio. In Check him out over there, Dirty Dutch. Uh, he's an American professional wrestler born in 1947. <laughs> Famous for his ring name, George the Animal Steel. <laughs> Stall tactics, boo. Yeah. Ref is a bit of a heel in this one. He's like, remove your shirt and don't eat the turnbuckle. Yeah. Stop being George Steele. It's George Steele. You can't tell him not to do that. Out of nowhere, then this match, Sherry just. All right, George gets his shirt pulled over his head. And then as he's like trying to get it off, Sherry just comes over and blindsides yeah, him. Yeah, because he can't see, so Sherry just starts attacking it's him. like one minute in, Sherry It's a turns. minute in, it's like his manager's turned on him. Why, Sherry? No Why? One, no one could even tell that it was meant to happen. Son of a bitch, Sherry Martell is shaking <laughs> hands with... You might as well urinate on George the Animal Steel. We get foreign objects from uh, from Greg Valentine. No one can figure out what it is. Now, why would you go for this complex of story in a five-minute match? Seriously. And why would you pick a foreign object that's too small to be made out by anyone in the arena? Big rest home spot then. Feckin' close-up on Greg Valentine's big, fat, feckin' arse. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. It's like a fucking it? Halloween pumpkin that's been left out to Oh, Jesus, Kevin. Fuck me. Stuffed into a pair of faded blue tides. <laughs> Darkness is the absence of light. This match is the absence of moves. <laughs> Sherry with a chair to George Steele. Jo- fucking Greg Valentine wins. At that point, sorry, when, when Sherry, like, full-on attacks him with the chair at the end there, Rosenberg just goes... Oh, you see, I thought she was the love interest, and then she betrayed the animal steel. <laughs> Damn it! The love interest. Fucking hell. George gives chase and does a post-Montreal meltdown as he uh, wrecks the set, which they obviously didn't count on happening, because like, they have to scramble and buy time and show loads of replays as they clean yeah, it Yeah, it just goes on for ages. We actually get replays of the action. Yeah, we get replays from this match. You get a replay of George oh, Steele going onto his knees and then rolling to one side. Like. <laughs> Another great quote from Randy. Sherry betrayed George Dutch. We didn't expect that. Fuck's sake. Michael St. John backstage. Audio problems. MSJ minus the microphone with his... Uh, with his guest at this time, his longtime personal friend, Julio et Fantastico. <laughs> he says to him, you deserve everything you get. Nothing. Julio et Fantastico, what do you make of this guy? I don't. I know nothing about him. I literally, this is the first appearance I've ever seen of him. He just screams, WCW jobber. Yeah, he just seems like... He's a lad to lose to Goldberg. It's immediately, like when, I, when I saw his name, I was like, oh, I don't know who this guy is. And then when he came on, I was like, oh, I know now why I don't know who this guy is, because he's a nobody. Like. But you know what he looks like? He looks like such, you know, like Wrestling Road Diary, Diaries, uh, Sal Renaro, 
who like by his own admission is like the journeyman he's yeah. the enhancement he gets that but yeah. Sal is this dude here Julio Fantasco he's meant to be coming off like a star but he looks like such like a well I'm here to do the job because I've got a glittery red jacket like yeah. and the fucking, rock he ain't yeah you know with his greasy hair and pointing to the crowd yeah so our next contest which promises to be the work rate spectacular of the night <laughs> Julio at Fantastico taking on our boy making old Scorpio yeah making a return yeah I thought we were done with this guy <coughs> too cold and we saw him the job squad kind of sad to see him here very sad to see him here we last saw him on WWF having nice fun matches and yeah he had really fun matches yeah, him fun and matches uh, with Al, Al with and too cool sorry yeah. too much yeah now he's Come, he comes out. Now he's here. He comes out with a WCW title. Oh, belt. Kevin, that was the saddest fucking thing I've ever seen. You know what reminds me of? He comes out with his own belt. You know, like the Sheik, like, there used to be stories that when, you know, he was in a, on a, in a rough way or whatever a few years ago, like, he used to, like, show up at restaurants with, like, a fake belt and just walk up to people and say, hey, give me $20 and so you can get a picture with a champion. And, like, or he'd, like, say, oh, you want a picture and then charge him. Yeah. That's what, that when you come out with a replica belt and you're arrested, that's what I think of. So sad. So carny. And fucking Tuco Scorpio was awesome. Yeah. And he like he wrestled for like TNA only like a year or two ago on some pay-per-view. He, st- he was like 47. He's still awesome. Yeah. But this is just depressing. Seeing him with a big plastic belt coming out. Yeah. But I was looking forward to this one. I thought these two guys might be- give us a bit of work. But yeah, come out here to provide some arguably much needed commentary. Colour that is. The man, the myth, the legend joining Randy Rosenberg and our boys Hep Culture. It's Captain Lou Albano. Some say the man's not a rap too tight Captain Lou, Captain Lou, Captain Lou But when he's on the scene, everything's alright Captain Lou, Captain Lou, I'll ban him With a man of thousand faces I know we'll be going places Hey! I'm gonna stick with the guiding light Captain Lou, Captain Lou, I'll ban him yeah, it's Captain yeah, Lou. Captain Lou's so, there. Nice uh, to see him. I love Captain Lou. Yeah, he's a serious. He's a hero of wrestling. Captain <laughs> he, Lou, Alabama. I know. Captain Lou can be added to the list of being officially heroes hero of wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. Jeez, him and Zeb Coulter. That's a fucking powerful combination. Isn't yes. It? On commentary, it's a shame this third dork has just sat there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming he's out here to help Randy, who does need it. He needs, he help. needs the help. And he I, needs it. I love Captain Lou, and I understand he's a character. Mm. I understand respect for the elder statesman of the business. Blah blah blah. But commentary. His mic is is actually <laughs> turned up louder. Yeah. Than all the other guys put together. The the one match on this card, the one fucking match where there's got there's four working knees, yeah. right? As in there's two guys who actually might be able to give us a glimmer of athleticism, like a flower in a plot of dirt. And we got fucking Super Mario shouting at us. Yeah. Oh, wow, look at that. Look at this. Look at those. Julio, look at the, the, the Scorpio that he's with. Look at the talent they have here tonight. Look at that. Look at that move. Oh, look at that move. Oh, look at that. Look at that shot. Watch this. On the line. Watch Scorpio the one. Watch this. Just a minute. I could barely concentrate during this match. Fuck, he's It's a barrage. He's like right beside you saying that. Like a whistle going. Banging a load of fucking bins together, <laughs> kicking your windows in. Fucking hell. Captain oh. Lou is a distracting man on commentary. Julio at Fantastico is referred to as having broken more hearts than bones. That's right, bruh. I've upset more women than I've injured opponents. <laughs> what a badass. There are, I get guys putting in a little extra effort, but you gotta look look around Casino Magic, Julio at Fantastico, and decide is it worth taking flat concrete bumps? Fucking off a plancha, off the uh, to the outside of the ring, like yeah, flat back, 
Are you fucking insane? For this crowd and this pay-per-view. That's one of the, like, see, he just flies right to the outside. It's one of the sickest bumps I've seen in the podcast. Horrific. And the crowd, like, no noise. They don't care. Then they, they brawl into the crowd. But there's no cameras for the crowd. No, They're not set up anything. for it. It's too dark. So for the next minute, we just get shots of random people, toothless fucking yokels in the Sat crowd. There. Gummy Joe going, hey. yeah, wrestling's cool. And it's fucking Randy Rosenberg is covering going, this crowd's getting their money's worth. <laughs> Says Captain Lou. Scorpio completely whiffs his finisher. Yeah. He la- his ass it's comes nowhere near at all. He his ass, with all the pressure of his entire body, lands squarely on the right cheek of Julio Fantastico. <laughs> he just and straight away, you know, it's the biggest shoot fucking sell ever because his two hands just go to right to where his cheekbone is and he holds that one it. Specific place. Like he's hurt. Yeah. There's no way he's not. I right, completely fucked it up. At the end of the match. Lou, when he's just going on and on, rambling about all kinds of shit, he just goes, I give Jeff 85%. <laughs> he's almost there, baby. 85% to go. <laughs> Sound off. Yeah, and he takes time to compliment the production. He goes on about how great the production is and how much he loves the production. It's the greatest event he's ever been part of. But fucking WrestleMania 1. But literally says, like, he wants to say thank you to the production and compliment the production. And then as a result of which, he is immediately made commissioner of the company. He's greasing someone's palm here. What the fuck is... Is that how it works? Like, uh, listen, I know you're a little bit busy right now, Mr. Albano, you know, what was being on commentary and all, but we thought we'd offer you the job here and now. Just so we know, fucking Captain Lou here. This is clearly... You think Hogan's bad? Captain Lou is a commentator, is a commentator in one of the matches... He's a manager. Yep. He's involved in a backstage segment. And now he's the commissioner. He's the commissioner as well. And de facto spokesperson for the whole promotion. He's going to have his hands busy over the coming months working for this uh, company. And within it? seconds of being announced this. like He's literally like, he's fucking Tywin Lannister up in this. <laughs> he's got everything going. Yeah, yes. Fucking hell. House Albano always pay their debts. <laughs> he t- he's like, he's told his commissioner and he turns to the camera and he's about to say something. And Randy's like, gee, I guess you're pretty happy with that. And he literally goes, Shut up, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna cut a promo now. And then he cuts a promo. More pay-per-views, nationwide events, yeah. live shows. Did he say meet and greet yeah. or something like that? He says they're going like and we're gonna go carbon neutral <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna do it by by two thousand one. <laughs> Lou Albano doing the twirl. Like, <laughs> fucking hell. Backstage, Randy St. John is with King Kong Bundy, who calls his opponent tonight. Poor Kazuna. <laughs> That's rich coming from King Kong Humpty Dumpty, like. The big fucking egg of a man. I called him Cake Kong Bundy. <laughs> this is such a case of pot calling the kettle black, like. Seriously? Sandman, How dare he make fun of you? Sandman going to Bradshaw. You lush, like. You know? <laughs> oh, man. I'm so psyched for this main event. Yo yeah. Kazuna versus fucking... Versus uh, King Kong Bundy. This is going to be a battle of the ages. The mega powers implode. If like. you ever think that fucking Vader could not be... Vader versus Mark Henry could not be topped. Well, yeah, this has been seriously topped right here. Like, oh, we can mention a bit now. We mentioned before Yoko being weighing... Uh, being weighing, what, 760? 760, that's insane. Like, he left WWE. Like, he was kind of went from being a main event guy to being marginalised because he kept putting on weight and guys were refusing to work with him mm. and also athletic commissions wouldn't pass the physical so he couldn't 
he couldn't work in like say Oklahoma or right. wherever. So he kept being taken off TV and told to lose weight. And it was like 1998 by the time that Yoko was actually finally released. Really? That I, late? Yeah. So Jesus. Because I wondered why he never showed up in WCW considering he was like a champion of the new generation. Mm. You think the Bischoff would have snapped would him have up. snapped him up straight away, yeah. But um, apparently around this time he was quoted in interviews having said that he was trying to gain weight so he could become the fattest wrestler in the world and get that record or that you know accolade. I don't know if that's like him joking or being what about, serious. What a very smart strategy right there. But he's certainly fucking on his way. The rumour at the time as well was that apparently because Vince really was just looking out for him and wanted him back because he knew he was such a draw. Vince said if he could get down to 450, 400 or 450 pounds it was, mm. he'd hire him back instantly. Right, okay. So he had a job no waiting questions. for him then. And he put on... Even though he had a WWF contract sat on a desk waiting for him. Like, I'm just pointing out, this is the end of 1999. If you're a fucking Yokozuna, you're looking at WWF TV now and your family member, Rikishi. Surely. Well, Rikishi's on screen exactly, now. Yeah. And he's basically like, well, you know what? That actually could have been you, probably. Yeah. And you would have gotten a bigger push. But because you know how over Rikishi is in our pod in the true, timeline yeah. at the moment. Um, yeah, that's going to suck. Incredibly foolish. But yeah, Yoko just could not lose weight, it seems. Coming up next is a match which was described as Dave Meltzer as being probably one of the worst ever, and by Brian Alvarez as rating it as minus all the stars in the universe, and the universe is infinite. It's the former Bushwhackers, Luke and Butch, the men down under, where women flow and men plunder. That's what they refer to here, yeah, the men from down under. Yeah. I would need a smile that gave me a Vegemite sandwich, mate, like, so I cheer for them regardless. Taking on one of my all-time favourite teams, the Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. Yeah. Ooh. This is going to be good. This is uh, some real classic talent in the ring right here. Sheik and Volkov are in a bad way here, folks. Yes. Yes, Like, not just physically, mentally, whatever. They, like, they look the definition of, like, sad bygone era. It's really sad. The wrestler come to life. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Sheik and Volkov were coming to the ring by uh, Joseph Stalin. The lad with the big long coat. Did you see him? I did, yeah. I think it might have been Paul Adams earlier with a fake mustache. I didn't make a note about this one because I actually felt a little bit stupid when I saw him come out with him. I thought like, oh, is that actually... Because I don't know much about these guys. Well, I thought it could have been like General Atman I thought maybe it was one of of their managers from back in the day or something. So I wasn't really too... But that was just another... No, it was just another dude. Yeah, it's another dude. Fuck's sake. Fuck's sake. You will rise for great leader. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> you have two Olympic champions in the ring. These are true heroes of wrestling. Now watch. I as Sheik will do Irania Club demonstration. Pay attention. I think they ask everybody to stand. Oh, he's doing the Russian national anthem. For the Russian national anthem. And the people here at Casino Magic Base, St. Louis, Mississippi, I don't think they much appreciate this. You see the fans all around, even us, Randy, around here standing on their feet telling them to go back home. I thought the Cold War was over. It's very much alive well, here. These fans do not like hearing the Russian national anthem in the heart of Dixie. Uh, Sheik is announced is saying that he's going to do a demonstration, the old gimmick from the 80s, of his Persian clubs. Yeah. And Sheik looks like he's about to fucking pass out. Like, so <laughs> This is going to be like the, the most, the biggest feat of strength we've ever seen on pay-per-view. <laughs> the look on his face when he's tweaking him. But no, but it's, but it's, they go at the start. They go, now for a demonstration. And all of a sudden it's... Da, 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 da. <laughs> fucking... Volkov just Volkov like sings. Volkov's like I'm getting my shit in brother <laughs> fucking hand on the shank in the boot singing la, 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 la. <laughs> gotta get it in brother <laughs> Volkov sings and fucking Sheik swings his big kebab thing I'm waiting for someone to come in and start ringing the gong like 
It's insanity. It's absolutely nuts. It's like I expected the fucking magic roundabout theme to just start playing or something, or Patrick McGowan to wake up and realise that he's number one. Like. Now, just to say, it does bode poorly for this match. You know, living up to those expectations set <laughs> when there's this much miscommunication in the promo before the match. Yes, yeah, seriously. Fucking, How can you not get this part right? I don't know, but Sheik is having none of it from the audience. <laughs> fucking Wario goes to town on these lads. He fucking, well, he struggles for it with the clubs, but he, he struggles deciding if he wants to say America, no Chad USA, Hatui. Like, he's going to die from dehydration. He spits, he spits like nine times. They all like, get muddled into one, like, generic Sheik promo. I think he keeps forgetting that he's done it. Yeah, he just over and over again. Hatui. America, the, you no Chad USA. Something else will happen for two minutes, and he'll pick up the microphone again, like, you no Chad USA. Like, Hatui. This, when he's saying that, folks, during the match, this goes on as yeah, well. Yeah, no, like, no, he'll stop wrestling. She could be like, hang on a second, goes out there like, I, <laughs> I tell. <laughs> yeah, we get the men down under coming out. Randy calls him Luke and Dutch. Oh, fucking imbecile. Um, fucking hell, Jesus. I, I never, we're never going to get a really chance to talk about the Bushwhackers. I suppose all went WrestleMania 17. But, yeah, uh, the gimmick battle roll, we'll see them. Geez, they fucking proper lick these fans. Oh, they really go for it. And I mean... No disrespect to the guys in attendance at Casino Magic, but I wouldn't lick them. They're a salty bunch. Yeah, like. I, w- I would not go licking them heads. A salty, clammy... Acne-ridden... Uh, Ugh. No. No thanks. Like old popcorn that's been left out in the sun. Yeah, like. I bet they taste like old tobacco or something. Oh, <laughs> dry old skins. Yeah, but they go lick everyone. The match starts. I mean... <sighs> <laughs> what do you want me to say it's like goat simulator or fucking octodad <laughs> or something senseless or like it's you know the NFL game with the you know the electric one where you put the guys just like, and they, just, they just rattle and shake towards yeah. each other that's what this basically is the way I described it was dinosaurs fighting gargoyles but <laughs> I think that's a slightly too exciting sentence <laughs> well, well, extinct dinosaurs fighting statues of gargoyles <laughs> just like the crowds just like don't react. They stumble around. It's not fair. Why does this show exist? <laughs> it's bollocks. The men down under clear the ring like ten times. Sheik wanders around. Sheik and Volkov leave. Yeah, they they, they threaten like Sheik says that if they keep chanting USA, they're gonna leave. Then, then leave. they leave. And I actually thought like fucking. I I actually like out loud shouted who, who for fuck's this, sake to like? myself like, as if that's where you're ending it. Thankfully, and they come back. They come back immediately. The timing of this of these four men was any more off? Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, you'd have to stop the damn match. Well, I say stop the damn match. It doesn't feel like they've started the damn match. I've seen more sure-footed penguins than the Iron Sheik. <laughs> Volkov goes for the one move in the match. Yeah, he picks up. Uh, he picks up one of the Bushwhackers for like you know fallaway slam position. And bear in mind, this is the only move. <laughs> This is the only move, and I know what he's going to do, but Randy Rosenberg is thinking logically. Well, he's going to do the thing like Scott Hall or Bradshaw where he throws them. Yeah. Because he picks up, he's like, a big Russian bear. And then he just gingerly falls to his knees mm-hmm. like he's fucking kneeling in a Catholic church <laughs> and places Luke like he's put him into bed. Now, how does Rosenberg cover for this, Kevin? Soft slam there. Soft slam by the, by the Volkov. Do we know if Rosenberg went on to have an illustrious career in commentary or announcing? No, I don't think so. D- did he not? That's surprising. I don't think so. Oh, wasted talent. Jesus Christ. She gets the camel clutch. It's like more like a Steiner recliner because it's a modified version where he doesn't have to sit down because his knees clearly Barely won't. doing it, yeah. Sheik is just in the wing then wandering. There's no tags. No. 
Volkov uses a Billy fu- would be sick if he watched Billy this because there's no tags. Billy would be sick like- to his turbo, definitely. Volkov uses a foreign object. He hits Sheik by mistake. Sheik, like, falls like, like fucking Sauron falling at the end. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> like an 80-80 even taken down. Yeah, just really clumsy. Fucking hell. And, uh, yeah, he goes down. One of the Bushwhackers pins him. Rosenberg with the call. He just took out his partner from the Iron Curtain. Right. Just can we get it straight, fucking wrestling world in general, across all times. Russians are the fucking only ones from Russia. Yeah, not you know, not Iranians, not Bulgarians. I actually found fucking Russians. I found out about this the other day. You know, Iranians. Yeah, they're actually from Iran. Really, it's actually a different country. Believe it or not. You know what? My dad used to have an old saying: "Look at the flag, son." Oh, this this match sucked. Dick. Oh, it made me so sick watching this. Like. I don't think it's the worst match I've ever seen because nothing happened. There's been matches that piss me off more because they've done things to try and do something. Yeah, it's and been f- more sacrilegious than this. Yeah. yeah, like this one at least there wasn't any false finishes. I, this, this I wouldn't even say this is the worst match on this pay per view personally, but it is fucking awful. It stinks. It stinks like dirty fucking balls. Like if you're someone horrible. who views wrestling solely from that kind of you know, if you're like kind of a Ring of Honor fan kind of mindset or like, you know, pure work rate or technical yeah. skill, this is probably the worst match Oh, ever. by that point of view, yeah, yeah. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. But I had to laugh, just the the, the opening bit is, <laughs> is the maddest thing. <laughs> it's a madhouse. Like. <laughs> fucking hell, who's here to ride in on a white horse to save this show? It's fucking Tully Blanchard, former member of the Four Horsemen, one of my fucking all-time favourites. I gotta meet this dude at a convention when I went to WrestleMania. Oh yeah, fucking hell! What a man's man, and I don't. I never use that term to describe. He's a nice guy, is he? He's a fucking hero. He's like got. He's. I want him to be my dad, (laughs) and I love my dad. But Tully Blanchard, fucking hell, he gets he gets blindsided by Stan Lane, who's taking him on later. And what's interesting is that him and Stan were both guys who were very big in like NWA, like Flair era, WCW Mm. kind of. And neither they're both of them were kind of retired at this point. So this is both of them coming back. You know, just for the show. For this one-off. For this one-off, which is kind of sad. That's really considering sad. Considering that, you get the impression that both of these guys are definitely above it. Yeah. And there's no one else in this car tonight who I'm thinking, uh, this lad doesn't deserve to be here. Yeah, no, Tully Blanchard. Maybe George but, Steele, maybe Sherry, but definitely fucking definitely Stan Definitely these guys. Like, Tully. Tully, when he cuts his promo here. He oh, actually, let's, actually, I'm going to play this promo right here. I have been in wrestling a long time, and I've been out of it a long time. And I, I came here and I agreed to do this thing, the Heroes of Wrestling, and was looking to have fun and, you know, have a good match with Stan Lane. Um, I don't do this for a living anymore. This kind of stuff here is... Uh, I am really... What, what I'm having is a flashback. Really. I mean, I mean, the, the, we're talking about the intensity that I had with Dusty Rhodes and Wahoo McDaniels and the Road Warriors and Demolition and Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels when they were just coming up with the WWF. We're talking about taking everything that you got, everything that you are, and bringing it and stirring it back up. You know, I've been gone and just subdued and, and, and low-key, low-profile. But you know, Stan Lane, I'm going to tell you the truth. The only reason you ever became a world champion is because you were Bobby Eaton's partner and Jim Cornette standing in the corner and you rode a tidal wave that you didn't build 
Well, the Four Horsemen was a tidal wave that I helped build. And you're going to find out just exactly what a tidal wave is all about. Because I'm going to tell you, Stan, 10 years is bubbled up inside me. 10 years all of a sudden, at one time, is bubbled up inside me. And everybody that's ever screwed me, anybody that's ever done me wrong, is all coming out. And Stan, the times and the feelings that I used to have for Dusty Rhodes have all just come to the surface. And the feelings that I used to have for people like Jim Hurd and the people at the, that signed the contracts with the WWF and WCW, it's all come to the surface. And I don't need to scream and holler anymore. I just got to look at my blood because you wanted to jam me in a trunk and make a name for yourself. It's too late for you to make a name for yourself. And I promise you, Tully Blanchard might be a little bit older, but I still got the fire that made me what I was. And Stan Lane, you will find out what being a horseman is all about tonight. In, in that awesome. promo, Tully actually looked like, you know, a wrestler. He, he, was, he composed himself and, you know, he, he spoke with dignity and... It was awesome! Yeah. I, I actually had to he, say... It, that was an actual promo <laughs> right there. You know what? This was a show where there were actually... There was nothing to hang your hat on. So I can actually say the best thing about Heroes of Wrestling, without question in my mind, is Tully Blanchard's promo here. I have to agree. It it's in, it's old like, school intensity. He talks about how like he's come out of retirement for this. and how He, he actually said he was expecting to have fun and enjoy himself yeah. for this event. And he's just got here and been, you know, chucked in the back of a car, like, and and he cuts into this bit of shoot elements when he says that, like, Stan Lane was carried by Jim Cornette and his partner in uh, the Midnight Express, and then he puts over the Four Horsemen. It's just great. It like. actually, if anything, it makes me feel even worse for him because it's sort of like, mate, you're wasting your time. You're, like, you're, you're, it's falling on deaf ears. You know, you know, actually, you know what? I do now. I don't agree because I think they've tried to revive NWA kind of stuff now, and it just it doesn't work. It's it's too far gone. But back in this era. Considering that WCW had changed so much and now it was Hogan and, mm. you know, Goldberg and just guys that weren't really, you know, the flair kind of ten yeah. era. You know what, there was a lot of guys around from that era who weren't were active with any companies. Yeah. They could have run a actual Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view getting guys like fucking Magnum TA or Barry Windham these and guys. these guys. Yeah. And they probably would have actually been able to put on a really good tribute show. Yeah. But instead we get fucking Heroes of Wrestling. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know. There is one downside to this promo. There's one little chink in the armour of it that I <laughs> didn't like. Because obviously, like you said earlier, he'd been blindsided by Lane. And, yes. Um, to sort of put over that fact, he's like, you know, he's maybe looking all injured and hurt. He's got a little napkin. But that it literally just means he's been dabbing the corner of his mouth with a napkin every now and then. It just looks like he's finished a buffet. <laughs> oh, man, it's very warm today. <laughs> Can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but coming up next, it's like the match of the night in my mind, I suppose. Fucking sweet Stan Lane from the Midnight Express taking on Tully Blanchard used to represent the Four Horsemen. I'm going to say right off the bat now, I mean, you just said it yourself, this is probably your match of the night, yeah. so I'm going, to be, I'm going to come clean with you right now. I barely paid attention to this match Aww. because I was so distracted by the fact that the commentators keep referring to Stan Lane. Oh, of course. So. I, I keep mishearing it as Stan Lee. Um, <laughs> and that's pretty much how I spent the majority of this match, just well, imagining that it was Stan Lee in the ring. Of course, the problem was, was that this is po like... It's a, this is, I should rephrase. This is a good match, but the crowd is fucking dead for it because obviously they've just experienced the fucking the gong show before. Like, yeah. So they're dead for the whole thing. So yeah, the mind does wander to Stan Lee. And I don't know who Stan Lane is, so I just kept hearing Stan Lee automatically. And just that was my entire match. Just like, as he comes out to the ring, greetings, true believers. Tully B 
Blanchards. Excelsior. The heroes of wrestling. Heroes of wrestling. Like, you know, <laughs> I actually really wish it was Stanley. Can I just say that right? Can we get a campaign to get Stanley to be the general manager of Monday Night Raw or Oh, man, he should guest host. Yeah, he totally should. Um, Stan Lane, who's actually working for ESPN at this moment, has uh, switched geared into fucking sports broadcasting. Looks like a million dollars. Basically, does Ken Kennedy's gimmick. But uh, this is Battle of the Dads. Because, like, <laughs> Stan Lane's, like, the really successful dad who coaches the soccer team. And right. Tully Blanchard's the kind of more mysterious dad who takes you fishing at Christmas. <laughs> both good dads. Both high points in the dad scale. It's like. good to have many dads. Uh, they start off pretty hot, though. You know, that quick, fiery style of, uh, you know, the old uh, the old uh, NWA stuff. Mm. Uh, Randy wants to fucking bang Stan Lane. He's going on about him so much. And he keeps calling him Sweet Stan Lane. Sweet Stan Lane. Every time he mentions it. Oh, fantastic armbar by Sweet Stan Lane. Hell of an arm drag by Sweet Stan Lane. Irish whip into the ropes by Sweet Stan Lane. Those are the few name words he fucking knows. He calls a drop kick a flying leg kick. Flying flying leg kick. And he calls a drop kick a leg drop at one point. Fucking hell. Like, that's wrong category. Basic. Minus marks for that one. Leg drop. This match was one of the very few times to actually feature moves. Yeah. And it's funny that the two lads who, are, who aren't even active wrestlers, everyone else on this is active on the indie circuit. The two lads that have come out of retirement. And the two fucking old-timers. Do real yeah. wrestling. Yeah, they yeah. fucking give it good, you know? Uh, they try to do the double finish with, like, the uh, back suplex, both elbows are down. Uh, One arm goes up at the end. Classic, you know, technical face-face or, you know, like, this is the kind of thing that Flair and Steamboat would do all the time. Or like heart and flair, that kind of stuff. But what happens? It's just the referee doesn't know what happens. Yeah, he um, counts to three. He, you know, he sees Tully put up his arm, meaning that Tully's meant to win because they're both pinned themselves, and he gets out at the last second. He's confused. Says Tully's kicked out, but then declares him the winner as well. And they spend like before we even get to him being declared the winner, they spend two minutes of the referee just looking around left to right, like what's so going on. So it says a lot for heroes of wrestling, folks. When the best match of the night had one of the worst botched finishes. That finish made me so angry. As in, if this happened to WWE, you'd be instantly fired instantly you know like Vince would come out to the ring <laughs> you're fired tear both his quads <laughs> storm it out there Michael St. John backstage with King Cake Bundy Jim Neidhart and the ever present technical difficulty <laughs> uh, this is pretty standard affair at this stage you can tell they're thinking tag masks because they've obviously caught <laughs> yeah, they're already thinking it they're right, Jake is fucking face down in his, in, in his hands like at this point like and Neidhart is just jazzed like he's fucking exploding Neidhart is in a weird place he's got this big fucking massive gut but he looks fucking like he's about to explode he does I mean, I mean Neidhart like physically Looks pretty good at this point. He's always had that physique, I suppose. Yeah, he, yeah. he looks like regular old Jim Neidhart, but the way he's, like, shaking, like, is is he, without wanting to get too classless here, is he doped up here on anything? Or? Oh, shh. You know Because he looks pretty fucking far gone. You know, I don't know. I can't, I don't know at this time, to be honest. I mean, this is just after he's left up a CW, so this is a grey area. Yeah. You know, he had loads of fucking... I mean, he couldn't get re-signed by WWF at this point, anyway. Let's just yeah. put it that way. So, Bulldog went back to WWF at this point. Nighthearts on Heroes of Wrestling. That's a very Fill in the blanks. Yeah, I suppose. So. Okay, well, Heroes of Wrestling is slowly sapping our will to live. We actually have to take a We're break. Actually, for the first time, you know, going to take a break here just from tiredness. <laughs> so you've probably known it, noticed by now... We've stopped complaining about our microphone an awful lot, haven't we? Yeah, we don't do anywhere near as much bitching these days. That, uh, that recurring joke was dropped, like... Yeah, and not only are we not bitching anymore, but we're not bitching in higher quality audio. Exactly, and we're actually happy as well, because uh, we have to give a shout-out, of course, to uh, Mr. Daniel Farley from New Zealand, 
who I keep forgetting to mention for sending us the greatest USB microphone in the known universe. Ah, oh, dude, like the Yeti, the Blue Yeti. Look at the size of the Yeti. But seriously, look at the size of the Yeti. This is an awesome microphone. The USB microphone from Maplands was a little bit too, but 20 centimeters. The Yeti is just engulfing him. For fuck's sake. He just went over to the other microphone and just hugged him. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, thank you so much. This microphone is fucking awesome. And as such, this mystery episode is dedicated to you, Daniel Farley. You're a hero. Of wrestling. <laughs> Coming up next is a match which the fucking... The promoters put on, despite the fact that the venue, Casino Magic, made it explicitly clear they wanted it to be a PG, family-friendly show. It's one of the reasons why this thing is full and there's such a lively crowd. There are a lot of kids. I, a lot of kids in this crowd. I was absolutely befuddled as to why this match was going on. Well, like, I mean, again, you know, another thing you know, I mentioned earlier, I thought there was probably a mark at this point for... You know, like we said, uh, like an NWA revival type thing. Yeah. If you look at the time, WCW, WWF, ECW, there's no family-friendly no, wrestling out no there. There's no alternative for families. Easily could have put out something like that yeah. and, and done that. So, you know what? One of the things which Heroes Wrestling did, decided to do, was uh, One Man Gang versus Abdullah the Butcher in a match which they were basically saying, there's going to be bleeding in this one. They keep going on about it. Yeah, there's going to be blood. There's going to be a lot of blood. There's going to be a bloodbath. He's a human blood bank. Like, it's always on about blood. Like, right, Guess what? This, blood this is a bloody match. It's yeah. very bloody. Get a promo from One Man Gang. Holy oh. fuck, right here. Abdullah the Butcher! The One Man Gang is looking for you! No mercy will be given! And when it's all said and done, you, Abdullah, will be another victim! This is not going to be for the weak of heart or the weak of stomach! Because I, the One Man Gang, am taking you out! Fucking love one man gang. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 my favorite themes ever. Oh man, I love Bill Buchanan's music. Exactly. Yeah, he's a kindred spirit with Bill Buchanan. Like. Yeah. I know. I love one man gang, but um, never really been crazy on Abdullah the Butcher. Abdullah the Butcher, I liked him. He was kind of brought in as Cactus Jack's kind of weird buddy when Cactus Jack was a heel, like in 1992, WCW, when mm. he worked with Sting. That was really cool. But in terms of like, you know, a worker or whatever, I mean, for me, Abdullah the Butcher was like, he was doing blood and guts in the 70s and 80s when no one was really doing that. Yeah. You put him on your card, you're going to see something which you're not going to see anywhere else. Yeah. And I mean, that works in the days of the territories where you can go around and build up a legend and, just, you know, people are like, oh shit, you got to see this guy. It's the, yeah. it's the darndest thing, but he's never on TV. Yeah. But like, you know, I don't know. I just... I'll, I, be, I'll be the first to admit, he represents a style of wrestling that I have no taste for whatsoever. I absolutely hate, like, I'm all for, like, in WWF, you know, guys getting colour or whatever, but Abdullah the Butcher's style of vicious matches I think I stuff like that gives, gives hardcore a bad name like, it does because I mean when you really look at like the names you really associate with hardcore wrestling like Mick Foley Terry Funk a Tommy Dreamer still good wrestlers those guys who still got you know, the, they, can you know the, they can brawl they can wrestle they can fucking cut a promo they yeah. can actually leave their fucking feet and yeah I don't like when hardcore wrestling just gets pulled in it's like oh it's two lads stabbing each other with forks who the fuck wants to see that's that that's not wrestling this match is billed as a no mercy grudge match what an evil diabolical group <laughs> led by Shane McMahon. Like. Who the fuck is Abdullah the Butcher's manager coming out? Oh, that's Al Murray, the pub landlord, I believe. <laughs> it's like Rosebud's coming out with him, like, or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, just random dudes. <laughs> Who are. K 
King Kong Bunder, says uh, Randy Rosenberg in commentary, is yet to come. He also says, Abby the Butcher is making his way <laughs> to the ring. <laughs> Abby the Butcher. It's just, like, the, the match is just blood. And as they're making their entrances, there actually are a couple of shots of, like, you know, young kids in the yeah. crowd looking on. And Zeb cuts his awkward promo. He's like, well, mama, if you put the... Put the, he doesn't say put the kids to bed. He's like, don't watch this bit. Turn away. Don't do this. He's like, if you're a little kid, watch this at home. Don't do this to your brother and all this stuff. It's like, ah, uh, Jesus, man, no. Just talking about it is awkward. But yeah, they just go after each other's fucking foreheads immediately. Straight away. And honestly as well, you know, we actually, we've joked about it before, but I think with us joking about it, maybe people maybe think we didn't even... You know, we actually, I think I view this very seriously. I know Billy does for definitely uh, hepatitis in wrestling. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we don't we don't mean to take it lightly. When no, like I mean, like, it's a fucking serious whoa, thing. Oh yeah, and I mean, obviously Nigel McGuinness. And- Nigel McGuinness. You know, the story I always freaks me out is um, Cowboy Bob Orton, oh, with the, the Undertaker. Ugh, yeah. It's so scary to think the like. The Undertaker came this close to getting hepatitis. Mm. Like. I honestly go to watch if you've not watched Nigel McGuinness's documentary. If you don't know who Nigel McGuinness is, you're unfamiliar with him, watch it just to maybe to maybe have a think about blood and wrestling. Appreciate the only thing I'd say. Yeah. Not saying like, oh, you're gonna decide you never want to see blood again, but this kind of stuff is hard to watch. Particularly as well when Abby has just went down for uh he lost that court case against that indie wrestler just who, recently who yeah. sued him for um for that. Yeah, that tells you how serious her hepatitis is in wrestling, right? Yeah, think, well no, so. I think it's good that something finally fucking happens. Yeah. But uh chair shots for no reason, lads stab each other for no reason. The blood on Abdullah the Butcher is fucking revolting. And it's really fucking gross. You get like one man gang goes all in his mouth wrapping and... the chain around Abdullah's fat face and squeezing the blood out of him and they're both screaming, going like ah, ah, and there's just blood everywhere and metal I, and I feel I've got a high tolerance for gore. I do as well, but, but it's just all those elements coming together. And genuinely, what made me feel even worse is that knowing that there's loads of little kids in the front row and shit, it's like all scattered all around, and we're seeing this really graphic thing, and knowing that there's like a dad sat across the way having to explain to his son what's going on. I know, and that somewhere in some fucking barn in southern Indiana, there's some like fucking eighteen-year-old fucking doing the same thing, thinking he's got to become a you yeah know, a superstar. Like. This is what wrestling's all about. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot of this kind of style prevalent in you know in the late nineties. One man gang is a. Uh, it's like I say, strangling Abdullah with the chain. To which Rosenberg says, he should be called the one-man chain gang, the way he's going with that chain tonight. At least he didn't call it a concrete chain. I was keeping my ears open for that, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, and we get our grunt of the night here. Yep. I didn't think you'd have a grunt yeah, of the night. Yeah, me neither, one. but this is good. Because the audio of the ring was so poor. So bad, but you can make this out over everything. Um, at 1 hour, 42 minutes, 22 seconds, one-man gang is just proper wailing on Abdullah. And he's just literally screaming, just going, Three, yeah. 425 pounds. Yeah. Abby's manager just fucking decides to join in. Here he is. Like, yeah, the landlord getting involved. Let me tell you something. I did not come from Paducah, Kentucky to lay down. There's people in this room. There's people watching this pay-per-view that have idols. And let me say this tonight. Abdul is here to take out their idols. Fucking hell. That voice. He sounds like obese Jimmy Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Turn a hundred baked potatoes, baby. <laughs> the blood is on one man gang as well. He gets just the fork rammed into him. The fork is not a weapon in wrestling. It's fucking horrible. It's pointless, and that's what's the most shocking thing about it. Get this. rid of that fucking fork. And fucking Abby's tits as well. Jesus Christ. Like. Abdul, yeah, he's licking his own blood off his forehead, like slapping it in his mouth. Abby hits his finisher, the mm. Adriatic uh, elbow, which uh, sorry, the Asiatic elbow, I believe. 
he hits it, but the camera misses it because the camera is too focused on catching a shot of a fan who caught the fork. Yeah, literally. You see that? Literally, like, guy holding up a severed head, like, look at this. And then you miss the fucking finisher. Yeah. Thankfully, he kicks out. Yeah, and they brawl into the timekeeper's area, to which, uh, no, fuck you, ring the bell. Double DQ! That's it. After all that, forks! (laughs) They just... They, they Forks, rock. chairs, chains <laughs> Oh no mate, they got a little too close to the bell there Better call it a DQ One man gang, you no good son of a bitch This Sunday in a no touch the timekeeper table match I'm gonna get you uh, Well I gotta tell you though man This is classic booking What you do is you end it in a screwy finish like this And you set it up for the feud in the coming months <laughs> We can have down the line Like These guys, they're gonna go on to have some wars In the coming months Alright, this is late 99 Like, Is this Russo doing a favour? Like, <laughs> Abby, one man gang I swear <laughs> to God The timekeeper's table is lava <laughs> And you ain't gonna be able to touch it Alright, we cut to another amazing free tape vignette it's our boy, Cowboy Bob Orton. Yeah. Our main man. Cheating their cards. Captain Lou is so incensed by this. Captain it's Lou. It's like you've slept with his daughter or something. Sorry, Captain Lou is incensed with Cowboy Bob. And <laughs> that just sounds funny, isn't it? Captain, oh yeah, Captain Lou no, and Captain... That's, like, that's it's so like, stupid. Literally, it's like in wrestling you take for granted. Yeah. Like that, I guess. King Jerry and Captain <laughs> Lou. Like, but, but yeah, they're, right, they're at a casino. And they're, they, if they're a casino, they should gamble. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't want to gamble with Cowboy Bob because he'll cheat. He'll cheat. He'll literally cheat. He's actually got him two of those. Yeah, if you want to play 21, he's literally got 22. So he cheats at, like, Captain Lou and Snooker are both there. And they're both like, how dare you? Like, like as in, these lads who, like, were involved in the main event angle at WrestleMania, the original WrestleMania, need to have attacked on well, cards story. I gotta be honest, I wasn't really sold on this match, Snooker versus Bob Orton, but... I don't know, when I saw it, when he was on Mass as a cheater, I actually suddenly got really behind Snooker and was like, yeah, you're going to make that motherfucker pay. And like, this is one of the best builds I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Sorry. It's shit. No, it's, it's very shit. And right, they're at a casino. Could they not have gotten a better card table? It's yeah. like... It's like Argos. I know, it's like something you find in a, in a mid-sized Weatherspoons for four people <laughs> with this shitty card cloth thrown over it. I'm amazed they had the camera equipment with to do like an aerial shot of the table. Conference like. chairs. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's, it's like, oh, like security camera footage. Like, yeah. fucking hell. Uh, yeah, Lou steals all the heat in this as well. Yeah. Because it's meant to be... All eyes on Captain Lou. Like, and was well, it meant to be Orton versus Snooker? And yeah. Snooker, you don't even realize he's there. Captain Lou's like, "How could you cheat at cards? Look at my emotion." Gets the spotlight on himself. Yeah. Look at my range. You, you think it was Bob Orton versus Captain Lou the way he's going on? Coming up next, this grudge has got to be settled. We've got backstage Michael St. John with Captain Lou and quote. Jimmy Snooker. Snooker. <laughs> He's going to be snookering you tonight. <laughs> Big break. Superfly Jimmy Snooker gets his chance against Cowboy Bob Orton momentarily. Captain Lou Albano, the Commissioner of Heroes of Wrestling, join us. Let's hear your comment. Well, first of all, I feel very honored to be the Commissioner here. And I'm going to tell you right now, brothers and sisters, wrestling fans throughout the world, 48 years of experience, I will call it like I see it. There'll be no favorites. No partiality, I'll do what I gotta do. But tonight, the main thing at hand is the main man, Jimmy Snooker, that flies off the top like a bird, baby, like a bee, oh, unbelievable. He's up against Bob Orton, that's made some very derogatory remarks about us. He's a liar, he's a cheat, he's a sneak, and got the brain of a BB. And I wanna tell you right now, Bob Orton, uh, if you're watching us here, we're ready for you, we're prepared. 
My man can suplex from his knees, brother. He's so good, so fine. He's so sweet. This is the man of the hour, the man of the power. I'm Captain Lou, and I'm telling to you, look out, look out, look out, Bob Orton, because we're ready, baby. We're ready. The match coming up, Cowboy Bob Orton against Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Watch it, Snooker. Watch it, Snooker. Watch it, Snooker. We're coming, baby. We're coming. How? Fast is Captain Lou talking to this? I didn't catch. I'm not exaggerating. That. Like, I okay, okay, okay. didn't catch. He's like his lawyer or something Seriously. like that. Like, and at the end of his promo, he goes, "Watch out, Snooker, we're coming." He's beside you. You. He's on your <laughs> side. Right, the camera, Jimmy Snooker, we're coming to get you. Man. We're live, pal. How is everyone so off tonight? <laughs> really, what's, what sequence of events led to this car crash? Bob Horton cuts a promo next. You get my dander up. The, the gravelly tones of Cowboy Bob. And I'm happy to announce at this point, this is an exclusive for uh, listeners of the... Uh of the ITR podcast bonus episode that uh, Cowboy Bob Orton will be joining Cowboy Kevin Mahan's new stable <laughs> in WWE 2K15, The Ranch. <laughs> also featuring Shotgun Willie. And a Cowboy Dalton Wilcox as well. But yeah, watch out, boys. Ranch is coming to... Ranch is coming home to roost. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Coming up next, Bob Orton taking on Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Fucking Captain Lou just comes over and starts annoying the commentators. I think he wants the headsets, but they're like, no, you're the manager. Yeah, no, seriously, this one, like... yeah, piss off. You've stolen enough limelight for once. It's so slow, and this match is 90% rest holes. And you know it's bad that on Heroes of Wrestling, where there's a noticeable dip in work rate in your match, or like just level yeah. of action, because it's like, oh, it's two minutes longer. Gotta grab an arm, brother. You know, oh, come on, dudes. And that is, it's gotta be one of the longest arm bars in wrestling. I think he's in an arm so bar long. for at least seven and a half minutes of this of match. Of these ten minutes. Like, By all means, work the fucking arm, but that means doing moves to it, like, yeah. fucking, oh, did you, uh, did you catch wind of the crowd? turning on them then after a little while they you know started chanting Bob sucks or something like oh, that oh yeah but I, I was interested to see if you hear this towards the there end of the there was a chant bar, yeah I couldn't figure out what it was I though. think that Bob stopped doing the armbar because of this chant because it went on for about a minute or so of just Bob's a faggot that was that is they were chanting Bob's a faggot I, at him I, knew, it, like, I didn't want to say because the announcer tried to talk over it yeah no but that, that's definitely I, I looked it up to make sure and I've had a couple that of sources confirm that it was fuck me Bob's a faggot at this family show at Casino Magic don't worry after the blood we'll shock him with the swearing <laughs> homophobia so. Zeb on commentary desperately trying to cover from these guys are older now so the moves hurt a lot more Ah, uh, nice save there. <laughs> I like this snooker kid. He's got the uh, killer instinct. <laughs> Sorry, he's got an alleged killer instinct. <laughs> Jimmy Snooker mounts the comeback after being in an armbar for a year. Wow, he really you know, had to spend some time working up the energy there. And he fucks it up as well. Yeah. Snooker goes to the top rope for the Randy Rosenberg touted Superfly Leap. <laughs> Ah, that classic move. Is it, We're all doing it in the playground. He's trying to sell a bootlegged Jimmy Superfly toy in a car boot sale. <laughs> it's got the Superfly leap. Oh, he does the, the ram jam. Bob stops him. Superplex attempt blocked, which is funny because earlier in the match they're speculating what Bob will have to do to finish. And Lou's like, I don't know, maybe like a top rope superplex. Fuck's sake. He's calling the finish. There it is. Maybe he was the producer as well. Crossbody from Snooker to minimize the bump. He wins. Awful. Awful match. Pitiful. 
I was really pitiful. I I would say this is probably worse than than the Bushwhackers sheep off. Yeah, no, I'd because say so these well. guys had this kind of air of like, oh, we we got this. We're wrestlers. Yeah, we're, we're we'll show them how it's done. Yeah, yeah. They the, knew what of, they were doing and they knew it was shit, but they did it anyway. And I mean, like the the Bushwhackers versus the Sheik and like Volkov. I think you could tell from that that like these guys, as great as they are, and the nostalgia they have attached to them, none of them were like really athletes that were amazing. And yeah. Snooker and Bob Orton, you have a certain ex- expectation and a standard with these guys attached to those names. And I this guess. Week, like I mean, well, just from my point of view, yeah, like, you know, I, I'd never really watched much of these guys. I just know them as being legends of wrestling, well, see, heroes yeah. of wrestling. If well, you it, will. be honest, honestly, for me, like Jimmy Snooker. I've seen just, you know, the clip of him doing the dive on Don Morocco. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that more times than I've seen a Jimmy Snooker match. Yeah. You know? But they have these expectations but yeah, yeah, these hopes. for being heroes but of wrestling. But it's so blatantly exposed, isn't it? Yeah. It just looks so shoddy. Here they are. No no fun like. Look, they're not good. Superfly backstage. <laughs> it's a card altering promo. Uh it's that promo. Poor Michael St. John. Gentlemen, back here I have a man of legendary proportions, a man, Jake the Snake Roberts. He is a man that you all recognize. He's a legend. Come on, Jake, get on in here. The folks want to hear from you. Well, I'll tell you what, man, it's just, you know, you're a casino. Everybody says, well, gosh, a casino, you should gamble. Let me tell you something, Hamble. You don't want to play cards with me because I'll cheat, okay? I cheat. You want to play 21? I got 22. You want to play blackjack? I got two of those too. You want to play aces and eights? Maybe I got too many of those too. Bottom line is this. You do not gamble with me. The only thing you should gamble is this. Listen to me. When you walk in a casino and you want to gamble, the main thing is you should realize this. To gamble, you must accept losing. I don't accept losing. And neither does Damien. Damien, my friend. My friend Damien is right here. Is she Damien? Yeah, he just stuck his nice head out of him. Nice pile of snake, huh? Oh. You don't want to see this, do you? Well, Let me I know. show you something. Yeah, that's Let okay, me show you something. No, I think what, Anvil? Go ahead, Anvil. Roll the dice. Mr. Cameraman, get your ass back up here. Hello? I'm talking to you. Get the camera back up here. That is not what you need to worry about, Anvil. The bottom line is this. When the DDT comes, then the snake comes out. Worry about the DDT. 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 Think about it. A man of his word, Jake the Snake Roberts. Back to ringside. Well, it's the promo, folks. It's, you know, the one which... Everyone knows this Everyone knows this one. It's like, the one thing I will say, it's longer than the version I remember watching a lot. Yes, yeah. It still just gets me. I don't know. Personally, like, this is just like, it's beyond the mat come to life, really, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, it just completely accentuates everything that happens in Beyond the Mat. Yeah. I remember... 
You can imagine him coming in with the tail on his head. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get too serious about this now or anything like that. I remember the first time I saw this clip, it was like, oh man, that was so fucking hilarious. Like, he, he messed up his oh, yeah, like yeah. proper. I used to put up there with, like, the Hulk Hogan, if you were just the right gay yeah, guy. Yeah, funny, he fucked up his promo. Oh, lol, silly Billy, of. like. But then, yeah, I watched Beyond the Mat and learned a bit more about Jay the Snake, and now this is just, like, really fucking... Jesus Christ. Oh, I suppose we said on the Beyond the Mat commentary, like... Because this is what, 2014, summertime? Yeah. Jake's in a. Is it a. Yeah, we can yeah. look on it now and, you know, sort of, well, at least everything worked out okay. Jake's in a much better place yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, currently, like, he's, it's, he's, he's doing awesome. Even it's just, so, this is still tough to watch. It's tough to watch, but I suppose, you know, of all the circumstances to watch this, imagine watching this and then knowing that Jake was, like, somewhere worse off. Yeah. You know? That's true. That's hard. That'd like, be so, really. Funny. I don't know. My experience of watching this would probably be altered because I'm like, yeah, well, fucking Jake's kicking ass. At least he's moment. okay now. Yeah, he's doing really he's well. He's just fucking drinking Capri Sun. <laughs> Who'd have thought I'd be sat here drinking Capri Suns with Coke Cabana? Fucking love Jake the Snake. Big Roberts. time. He points to Damien several times in the promo. Damien looks like a sleeping bag. Yeah, he's <laughs> just a sack. Desperately tries to get a DDT chant going. DDT. And Jesus, Michael St. John, whatever this kid got paid, it was not fucking no enough. No near enough to put up with that. He now. looks Michael Cole backstage being held by Heidenreich levels of uncomfortable here. Rattled. He looks so shaken up. Yeah, it's just, it's a bleak affair, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up, it's our first of our two double main events. Jim the Anvil Neidhart taking on Jake the Snake Roberts. And it's a recurring moment of shit production. Anvil's music just stops as soon as he appears. <laughs> yep. It's like, well, he's there now. You don't need any more music, do you? He was more of a prelude, like. Yeah. I just thought indie show from Beyond the Mountain, this whole thing. Like, Completely. Jake's pissed totally, in a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Coco beware is just flapping. Doing the flap backstage. With a single tear on his eye, like. <laughs> oh, Jesus, like. It's sad. It's sad, yeah. And Jake, when he comes out as well, he's the thing where he puts like a fan's hand on his nipples. Yeah, and starts groping himself. Because and... I'll say this, in Beyond the Mat, you see a lot of clips of him at indie shows where you know he's fucked up, but he still comes out and he's still got the look. And he and, connects with the fans. And, and like... he still thinks, you know, this guy's probably fucking wasted or whatever, but he still can turn it on and he's yeah. still mysterious. He's like, you know, sitting in the corner. But when he comes out here and he's like putting female f- fans hands on his nipples and like yeah. really silly fan his face smile on his face shaking around like touching random fans going DDT fucking it looks scary it's just like who is this man like if I was a little kid and I was like at this show I'd be like mommy what's wrong with this man can we go home now yeah, can we go home now like, it's really scary and it's funny like this is at this point after the last few matches the crowd and like you know between the bloods the fucking Volkov affair, the fucking last match. The homophobic chance. The homophobic chance. This crowd has just like become awful and yeah, they are not interested. Apathetic towards everything now. It's the sound of bored parents and angry children waiting for the rest to go of the home. Slow, devious action in this one. Several rest holes action. and slow <laughs> action. action. Several rest holes, like slow tumbles. Yeah. Nightheart desperately trying. Nightheart is like pretty gas pretty soon as well because Jake he's fucking running away and he has to go get him alright like here comes an analogy for this depressing match right this is like going into your attic and grabbing you know your box of all your old toys and you're all fucking excited because it's like oh fuck man like Ken Shamrock toy Road Dog Street Sharks yeah, yeah. Star Wars all fucking Batman all, all the favourites and you're excited and you start looking through them you get that immediate kind of oh that's awesome but then like some of the accessories are missing and some of them are like 
faded and discoloured and they're all dusty. And all the thumbs on your G.I. Joes are all broken of bits of blue tack wedged on them. And Big Slamu's fucked up on pills and whiskey. <laughs> that is what this is like. Fucking hell. It's taking your fucking childhood round back uh, and giving it a good fucking kick in. Yes. Kick, kick, it, kick it good. That's that's a very, very fitting analogy. Oh, it's fucking hard going. Yeah. It's really hard. Because it's not as if either of these guys are old. No. They're yeah, in their 40s. They're in their 40s. They're still young here. Hogan's like, Hogan's the same age as these guys on the other show and he's world champion. Yeah. Flair, you know, all the old guys are still doing well. It's just, I mean... No. It, this isn't that, people are always going to go, oh, this is... Randy the Ram, the wrestler. In the wrestler, he's old. Yeah, These guys should still be around that area. Exactly. Uh, I just don't think that. I, I think like we we can't possibly put into words just how grim this is. Like, I mean, well, it's not a match. I mean, like, think, of, think of Jim Neidhart like a year and a half previously, or like two years ago, doing the Canadian Stampede match. In yeah. His, in like with with you know Brett knowing that amazing match we reviewed for that for the Own Heart special. Yeah, yeah. The Ten Man, and now he's here match. like. It's yeah, like, he fell pretty fucking quickly, didn't it's, he? It's horrible. Like, it's this really, really, really grim. Jake grabs the snake by the throat. He just like it comes out because he keeps bumping into it, and he yeah. just takes it out halfway through the match. So holds it, it around. Like he a holds it like it's his penis. Like. Yeah, and like you, you know, you don't handle a snake by its throat, folks. No. Like fucking hell. Oh no, a wild Bundy appears. <laughs> Yeah, he's been sent out here to straighten things out, I'm guessing. If an audible is called in the woods and no one's around to hear it, <laughs> is it a shoot or a work? <laughs> <laughs> the only man fucking interfering ever to get a nameplate. Come, Bundy comes out and just comes up. Here he is, by the way. We don't know why he's here, but here are his credentials. It is. <laughs> Fucking Zeb as well. He's dead behind the eyes of the stage. Yeah, I feel so sorry for All right, him. At yeah. the start, Zeb is like, he's got his poncho on. He's like, ah, dirty Dutch, pointing Welcome at the Welcome to Heroes of Wrestling. It's going to yeah. be the best. At the end, he's just like, well, I don't know why Jake's doing that. He's just doing that. Yeah. He's sad. <laughs> it's horrible. He's sad. He's seeing his like colleagues and friends that like washed up. And- An hour-long headlock by Anvil as Bundy walks around the ring trying to relay the info of what's meant to happen. <laughs> It's like they're waiting for the pay-per-view to end. Like a kid's been asked a really hard question in class. And he's kind of going, uh, um, waiting for the bell. Waiting for the bell, yeah. <laughs> like, the fans aren't going to go home until they just, see a pinfall. Just, like. just in the ring with their eyes closed. Like, are they still here? <laughs> it's going to hide under, like, headlock roll over to some coats. Hide under some coats. And hopefully the fans are just going to go, well, are they still here, man? I'm really hungry. Like, so I guess I'm going to have to go home. Like, Bundy interferes to incense silence after Jake flips him off. And then Yokozuna appears. Uh, okay. Wow. We saw a glimpse of him earlier. But now you see him full frame. Like It's insane. He's enormous. That's like... It's... F- like, within a... Well, sadly, like, within a year of this pay-per-view, Yokozuna passes. Yeah. And he did lose... What, like, he was down to, like, 600 by the time he died. He died in the UK on a on an indie tour. Mm. So I think this point he is at his heaviest. So this is him peaking in terms of weight. But like this match quickly gets made into a tag match and you know what? I'm half thinking, all right, that's good for Jake's sake, but fuck me, that's good for Yoko's sake because yeah. as much as the sick weirdo of me wants to see Yoko versus fucking Bundy, Yoko is in no condition to perform. That's true, yeah. He couldn't do a whole match by himself. Like, I mean, he just looks unwell. Like, he, yeah. How can he bump? I, I, I... His legs, like, don't move. Forgive it, my ignorance, like, but was it his weight that actually killed him in the end, then, or was it... Yeah. Or, yeah, it was. It was a heart attack. Yeah. Apparently, he had a problem with his lungs. Right. But again, it was related to issues to do with, with, with having so much weight, like... I remember um, I, when I actually found out about Yokozuna's death, 
because uh, he was one of these guys. I always used to watch wrestling with my granddad, and he had a few classic Hogan era tapes that we'd watch yeah. the entire time. And Yokozuna, and Yokozuna's very memorable from that. Yeah, point, yeah, like. he's, he's a massive character. Yeah. You don't forget Yokozuna. I just remember going around my granddad's house one day, and he was like, "Oh, son, uh, Yokozuna's dead." And I was like, "Oh, well, what happened?" He's like, "He ate too much rice, didn't he, son?" <laughs> Racist and defensive. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! How old were you? I was like eight. Ah, Jesus! You warped like. Put off rice for life. Like. I was like, come on now, we're going to Eros Wrestling. <laughs> Just you and me. Like. <laughs> Fucking hell. But no, Yoko, it was so tragic. Like, I mean, in fact, he never went back to WWE, he never went back to WCW. Never had his redemption or anything. Like, like. Brett in his book, he talks about. How you know he you know he'd been taken off TV a bunch of times and he'd been sent to like a fat farm, mm. as in like a fucking high security. You're kept in here. Like he they tried to wire his jaw. One shut. of those proper like heavy going fat farms. Yeah, he yeah. like he'd escape and like they'd find him like in like a McDonald's just like oh, eating the grass. Jesus. So like yeah, it's just he had serious problems then. Fucking yeah, hell. it's sad. Like I was happy to see Yoko go into the Hall of Fame, but Jesus, I mean. This is a lot of fucking depressing people. You know it's bad when Bundy is like, lad looks the best off in the match. Yeah, seriously. Bundy's looking good here. But King Kong Bundy. Yeah. So it's now a tag match, and just the definition of fucking bad audible, the promoter comes out, <laughs> who the announcers, you know, because they're so sticking to kayfabe, they're like, who is this mysterious Who is man? this guy? A.K.A. Mini Bundy. A.K.A. <laughs> George Doors. <laughs> This small cannellini <laughs> bean of a man comes out. Oh, he's adorable. Oh, Jesus. He's so symbolic for this show. Like, yeah. This poor, foolish, fat man who comes out and he's brought... Now, all of a sudden, he's meant to be a heel manager. He just wanted to put on a wrestling show and make a little bit of money. He just wanted to sell 40,000 pay-per-views at All he wanted. Bless. Jake's fucked, right? Why change the match? He'll be confused. Yeah. How is he going to go with a tag match What's all of he a thinking in his head? Just call it off. Like, he looks up and he's like, why are there three men who weren't meant to be here here? Oh, shit. I'm in the wrong match. He's like, <laughs> leave. I thought this was Tuesday. It's really <laughs> fucking nil. Anvil's gas to fuck. Worst ever. Objectively. Like, this is the worst ever. Yeah. Jake takes loads of chair shots right in the fucking head. Oh, God. It's so horrid. And it's like... Bundy and fucking Anvil hitting them, stiffing them with chair shots, which is really uncharacteristic for their style. Is it like them stiffing them? Is it like, please wake up? I don't know. King Kong Bundy removes Jake's boot. It's just like lying there, helpless. No shoes on him. Why? Passed out. As if this image couldn't get any sadder. He's now not got any shoes on. On commentary. They'll strip him naked before the night's out. Oh, for fuck's sake. And here we go. It's been building to this, Adam. Yep. The hot tag. The hot tag of the century. Yokozuna gets hot tagged, runs into the corner, and then Jake gets splashed and pinned. That's it. The end. The end. If we're gonna, if we're gonna go back to the Nando scale, which I think we will. You know, it's the, it's the regulation <laughs> scale for hot yeah. tags. So imagine you've sat down and you got your nice big butterfly chicken. I don't know what you have at Nando's, but you have a nice big butterfly chicken and your chips, like. And your mates have brought the sauces over to the table and you you pour it all on. It like you know, you're just about to tuck in, you think you've got like a nice bit of lemon and herb or whatever. It's sick. <laughs> Someone's just poured some sick into a bottle and given it off as Nando sauce. What I That's think... what this fucking hot tag is. <laughs> a pile of sick on some chicken. What I think has happened here is that this has gone to such the extreme is this is like I want to take you to Nando's and I'm all excited because you've never been. 
and yeah. I'm bigging it up. Like one, all our American friends are always like, "Dude, I gotta try some Nando's." And like, I, you, we we have put on a pedestal. Yeah, yeah and we're like, we're gonna take you to Nando's. And yeah, we all yeah, finally go to Nando's, guys. Oh, we go to Nando's. We show up. And we're like, table for four, please. And all of a sudden, it's just like the waiter looks up and goes, "Sorry, where do you think you are?" And we're like, "Nando's." And he looks at you, he's like, "Nando's has been dead <laughs> for ten years." <laughs> and he look up, and it's the gourmet burger company. And it's like, you maniacs! You blew it up! Damn you! Oh, God. That was the worst hot tag in history. What the fuck? This is the worst ever. Yeah, this For is fuck's absolutely sake. unforgivably bad. Post-match, Yoko, in fairness, almost because he's feeling bad that he's done nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. You know it's bad when you've been outworked in this pay-per-view by George Steele, the Bushwhackers, and the Iron Sheik took more bumps than the former world champion Yokozuna. Right, he gets up and he gets to a promoter and he starts getting, he's like, all right, guys, we're going to teach this rotter a lesson. Yeah. DDT. DDT. And the four fans in the audience are like crying on DDT. DDT. And Jake just fucking looks at them and doesn't do the DDT. He's too fucked to do it. And then Yokozuna does the worst Samoan drop ever. Jake starts wanking off the snake. We cut to black. Then come back. Then cut to black and end. <laughs> Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. Seriously. Not with a bang. But with Yeah, genuinely with a whimper. No, not a whimper. Jake Roberts trying to get his fucking Mickey out. <laughs> On his back. With a gas Yokozuna. Looking ashamed and confused. As is the fucking... I don't know, a human potato lies dead on the floor of Sidon. Oh, oh my god. Heroes of Wrestling is the fucking worst ever. Make no mistake. L- literally. Top be- to bottom. Believe the hype. People don't exaggerate. They're not, you know, there's not been exaggeration or, you know, massive fanfare about it. It is. It's just the worst pay per view of all time. It got. No doubt about it. No, no, there's no question. It, it has to be. Because this is. This was available commercially all across the US and Canada. It was available, you could get it in all the homes. Yeah. So, I mean, arguably, you would have to argue that this is one of the least successful pay per views. Yeah, because it had a huge reach, potentially. But that being said, as well, they got around 20,000 buys for it. That's more than I expected, at least, yeah. Which, considering, you know. Still a piddly amount. Like, the worst ever WWF pay per view, and that was like, you know. Like December to December, it got like around forty thousand or yeah. sixty thousand, I think. That's their lowest ever. And that's like, but you know, TNA would do around this. Let's so would do less than this for their pay per views. That's true. That's true. That being said, in terms of this being meant to be a venture, all uh, all subsequent shows were cancelled. Obviously, there was no more word of the nationwide tour that Captain Lou was promising. <laughs> he promised. What can I say? This was fucking awful. Really? And it's just nice to know, I suppose, that you know. This is such an unknown area of wrestling. I'm really interested in it. You know, back in the 80s, they used to call, you know, they used to call all these, the indie shows that weren't part of territories, they were called outlaw shows. Right, outlaw And there was, yeah, there's a real element of Wild West to it. And that's where all the stories are like, you know, guys with the, you know, the screwdriver and promoters running away with the take and all this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, this really was like, to an extent, one of the shows because... It was complete outsiders, no affiliation with, with WWF, WCW, ECW, and we had all these fucking scavengers and pirates coming in for a payday. Yeah. And most of the wrestlers took the easy way out and put on absolutely nothing. A drizzling shit show. Tully Blanchard, Captain Lou, Zeb, 
maybe Stan Lane as well. Those guys earned their money. Yeah. Scorpio, kind of, but Jesus Christ, this is like, everyone must have felt bad with this. I actually, I, I'm really genuinely at a bit of a loss for words, like, be, like this, this, is, <laughs> this is a shoot, by the way, I'm, be, I'm being deadly serious here, like, I am way out of my comfort zone doing this, and I, the only thing I can liken it to is, uh, going back to Game of Thrones again, in the, you know, the first episode where Ned has to go and he has to execute one of his own soldiers, <laughs> and he takes his son Bran to go and watch, like, and... You know, his brother Rob says to Bram, like, don't look away. You have to watch. Like, <laughs> it sort of feels like your hand was on my shoulder during this entire pay-per-view. Like, no, Adam, you have to do this for the yeah. podcast. And, like, I never want to... I will never, ever watch anything of this again. Like, I'm done with Heroes of Wrestling. Like, if, if we can actually find something equitable to Heroes of Wrestling ever Which again, we won't. I don't think we will. Which we never will, no. It's, uh, it was a once-in-a-lifetime match of the night. Oh, MVP. fuck off. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for this edition bonus, that is, of the Attitude Era podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in on this mystery episode. And apologies again <laughs> for, for, for making you never have to end an episode. Apologies. apologies again. We're sorry, everyone. For pulling the wool off your eyes and then giving you heroes. This. Heroes of wrestling. I bet they were expecting something exciting. And everyone is, cool. I tried to hope there's are people going, where's no way out? Like, it's coming, don't worry. Don't worry, it's coming, it's in the bag. It's coming, it's recorded, and it's really fun, like, so don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we'll do mystery episodes again, but uh, yeah, the best way to keep in touch with Outsdera Podcast, make sure you follow us on Twitter at AE Podcast. Go over to facebook.com forward slash Attitude Podcast. Give us a like. Check us out. We have fan art there. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe. Get all our earlier episodes and our new episodes directly. And the best thing to do is want to help us out. Leave a rating or review on iTunes. That is a massive help. Uh, spreading it through word of mouth. A lot of people spreading the podcast around. Letting people know. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. It's a great way to, you know, via mouth. Yeah. The original social media. Another way of sharing the podcast with your friends is you can go on our YouTube channel as well and find some of our little best of clips that we've put to little videos. That's youtube.com forward slash AE podcast. You can also join us for some fun on Vine, which is attached to our Twitter account that Kevin mentioned before. And don't forget to check out botchamania.com, which, as Billy will no doubt tell you, has lots of <laughs> stuff and things to do with the podcast over there. Stuff and things. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and also, if you want to help us out, support the podcast, and give back a couple of quid, and literally just that, go over to selfie.com forward slash AE podcast, where our audio commentaries are available to download and purchase. For £3, you can catch either our commentary track for Beyond the Mat, or a new one which dropped last week, which we've gotten rave reviews for, which is Wrestling With Shadows. Yes. Which myself and Adam sat down and did last week. We had an absolute blast. Uh, great positive stuff coming feedback from that so far. You want to hear us talk about Brett and Sean, Stu Hart, the Montreal mm. Screwjob. Uh, lots of good stuff in there. Quick question, Kevin. Can you use PayPal? Can you? Of course you can. Wonderful. Will it work on my iPod? Of course it will. Sign me up. Wait, I'll do, take one right now. Do, oh, and of course, as well, an amazing thing about Wrestling With Shadows, and this is 100% legit and legal. Uh, obviously, you have to get your own version of the movie to check these out. Mm. The Canadian Film Board have actually got Wrestling With Shadows, the version we com- we recorded a commentary for, yes. available to watch 100% free, High quality HD, you can stream it. Go to the Canadian Film Board, just search for Wrestling with Shadows, and you can watch it online. Yeah, so that's amazing. Go. Completely free streaming. You don't even need Netflix. There yeah. you go. But yeah, thank you to everyone who supported us so far. It's been a fucking blast talking about Heroes of Wrestling. 
No, it hasn't. <laughs> no, it hasn't. But we will catch you next time when we're going to be looking at No Way Out 2000. Myself, Adam, and Billy are going to be looking at Cactus Jack and Triple H with Foley's career on the line and the Radicals debuting. So it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And we're going to play a little song now to uh, play us out from our good friends at The Breakfast Club. Check those guys out on Twitter and Facebook. These guys, they only went and recorded us a bloody song called I Want to Be the Baddest Man on the Planet. You played this for me last night and I had to pause my game of Mario Kart and just sit down and have a little think. Genuinely really like, you know, it got me. It's like someone made a song. It's so nice. So I'm going to hit me right in the field right here. Thanks very much again to the Breakfast Club to play us out. Here's uh, Baddest Man on the Planet. It's right about time again to swerve again. Confuse the general fans again. Add another swerve and then Put it on a pole again Put it on a pole again Put it on the pole again And I swear to God It's gonna get emotional As I wait to overbook the damn card I guess I'm losing confidence in my competence Viscerous now president Shoot or work or work or shoot Let's put the title on a boot The boot defends against a fruit The fruit defends against my suit And I square the quad Where's one who quit? Quemotion all As I wait to overbook the damn quad Seven men in a four-man tag Let's do the angle punks on crack How about a title match? First to do ten jumping jacks We'll then receive a title match Royal Rumble on a pole match Where do I swear with God? With God quit, grab all, swim all As a way to overbook for them quad a great Come, 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 come,